booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. Right now, 36 degrees, clear skies on this Friday, January 27th. Good morning. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. The light for the the ceiling or whatever in the bathroom, and there's a flame inside of the walls. A Bronx apartment fire leaves four people injured, including three firefighters. The Halloween bike path terror suspect found guilty in the 2017 attack, which killed eight. The feds hacked the hackers, seizing servers of Hive, a major international ransomware group. New York City's mayor delivers his second State of the City address, mentioning former mayoral rival and 77 WABC host Curtis Lewa. Five fired Memphis police officers charged in the beating death of a black man, Tyree Nichols. A body cam video expected to go viral today. A fast-moving four-alarm fire at an apartment building in the Bronx. Three firefighters were hurt, one seriously, due to smoke inhalation. Several people injured there. The fire began just after 5 p.m. Thursday at this low-rise apartment building on Carpenter Avenue in the Wakefield section. A tenant spoke to CBS 2 News. So I called my super. I said, he told me to send him a picture. I sent him a picture. He came upstairs. He went into the bathroom and we looked up into the bathroom light and there was a glare. I thought it was my candle that I had lit, but it wasn't a candle. I turned off the candle and the glare was still there. We opened the the the, the light for the, the roof, the ceiling or whatever in the bathroom, and there's a flame inside of the walls. The inferno started near resident Carlos Cabrera's fifth-floor apartment. He said he was about to run an errand when the lights went out, and he noticed that strange glow. The fire spread to an adjoining building through the building's open cockloft area. Residents were initially unaware of the fire. That's because apartments in that type of building are required to have smoke alarms, but not in common areas that cause under investigation. Guilty in their second day of deliberations, a Manhattan federal jury found Saifulo Saipov guilty of murder and attempted murder in the killing of eight people and injuring of 11 in that 2017 Halloween terror attack on the Lower West Side. Saipov drove a, a rented rental truck to plow into that bike path during the ISIS-inspired terror attack in order to gain entry to ISIS. He's eligible for the death penalty. Saipov's attorney dodged CBS2's questions outside the courthouse. Your reaction to the verdict? We won't have any comments. Are you filing an appeal? Jurors will next decide whether Saipov should face the death penalty. They were told to be prepared to return to the court for the penalty phase of that trial, February 6th. Saipov, in a dark jacket and white shirt, wore a mask over his face so he had no visible reaction when the verdict was read. He bowed his head as the guilty verdicts were read. He was also convicted of providing material support to ISIS with death resulting. The feds have hacked the hackers. The feds have seized the computer infrastructure used by an international prolific and dangerous ransomware gang called Hive. As of November... Hive ransomware have been used to extort about $100 million from over 1,300 companies worldwide. Here's U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. Hive ransomware affiliates employed a double extortion model. First, they infiltrated a victim system and stole sensitive data. Next, the affiliates deployed malicious software, encrypting the victim system, 
rendering it unusable. And finally, they demanded a ransom payment in exchange for a system decryption key and a promise not to publish any stolen data. The department did not announce arrests on Thursday and declined to discuss the possibility of charges against Hive's members who are known to communicate in Russian or ties to the Kremlin because the investigation with law enforcement in Germany and the Netherlands remains ongoing. New York City Mayor Eric Adams outlined a working people's agenda for New York City in his second State of the City address yesterday. His agenda for 2023 rests on four pillars, jobs, safety, housing, and care. Our administration came into City Hall with a mission and a mandate, reducing gun violence. We've already made real progress. Shooters are down, murders are down, but that means nothing to the mother who lost their child. And we know that major crimes were down last quarter for the first time in six quarters. New Yorkers can finally see safer days ahead after several years of rising crime. Adam's taking another swipe at former mayoral rival and 77 WABC host, Curtis Lewa. Hiring our new red czar, and it won't be Curtis Lewa, will be just the beginning of a new era and delivering the best in public service and public spaces. Sliwa, the former Republican mayoral candidate, will join the Sid and Friends in the Morning program at 7.05. The 77 WABC host has informed the early news. He plans to respond to Adam's comment. Five fired Memphis police officers are charged with murder in the brutal beating death of motorist Tyree Nichols after a traffic stop January 7th. The officer is taken into custody Thursday, according to Shelby County, Tennessee, jail records. Memphis Police Chief Sarah Lynn Davis. This incident was heinous, reckless and inhumane. There have been no official announcement of charges just yet. The video has yet to be made public, but is expected to drop today. President Joe Biden and his administration face a federal lawsuit by a group of 25 states related to Americans' retirement plans. The suit claims a recent rule allowing retirement plan managers to factor environmental and social issues into investment decisions violates the law. This lawsuit is led by Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes and joined by 24 other states. The suit challenges a Department of Labor rule unveiled in November and is set to go into effect on January 30th. That rule would open the door for fiduciaries to factor so-called environmental, social, and governance considerations, ESG, into Americans' retirement accounts, an action the states argue could significantly harm the financial interests of their customers. West Virginia Treasurer Riley Moore spoke to Fox Business about his push to protect residents from ESG investments with a new bill. BlackRock, certainly being the leader, has created artificial scarcity in the marketplace, which has driven up, obviously, energy costs and played a big part in driving inflation in our economy right now. West Virginia, certainly being a fossil fuel state, we weren't going to stand by and let that happen. We're not going to let them play games with our money. The Utah Attorney General said permitting asset managers to direct hardworking Americans' money to ESG investments puts trillions of dollars of retirement savings at risk in exchange for someone else's political agenda. Meta's decision to soon reinstate former President Donald Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts is seen as a huge financial boon to Trump's 24 presidential bid. Trump's return would allow him to start sharing messages with some 34 million followers. A report broke out that Trump would leave his exclusive deal with Truth Social to go back to Twitter and Facebook. 
Truth Social CEO Devin Nunes, a former congressman, spoke to Fox Business. This is about the 10th time that this story has been regurgitated over and over again. And it's kind of a classic lesson in kind of the swamp and how fake news narratives are started. What this stems from is that the Trump campaign has went to Facebook and Instagram to say, look, we need to be able to use your platform. Former President Trump, meanwhile, returning to New Hampshire Saturday to speak at the New Hampshire Republican Party's annual meeting in Salem. It'll be his first visit to New Hampshire and one of his first major campaign appearances since he announced he's running for president in 2024. Well, Trump foe Democratic Representative Adam Schiff wants out of the U.S. House of Representatives and into the U.S. Senate. Schiff announced a 2024 Senate bid Thursday for longtime U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein's seat. Schiff's announcement is fueling speculation that the longtime senator will retire. Schiff spoke to Fox 11 L.A. about whether or not he had received Feinstein's blessing. She had not made a decision uh, about her own plans uh, that she would make the announcement when she was ready to do so. I think she's earned the right to do that according to her own timing. Uh, but she was more than comfortable with my announcing. I wouldn't be doing that without that kind of blessing. Though she has filed 2024 re-election paperwork with the FEC, the 89-year-old Feinstein has not yet announced whether she plans to seek a sixth full term next year. Georgia's governor, Brian Kemp, has declared a 15-day state of emergency in Georgia amid violent protests following the shooting death of a protester after he shot a state trooper. Kemp's deployed some 1,000 National Guard troops in anticipation of continued protests over a proposed Atlanta police training facility dubbed Cop City. The state of emergency was issued moments after police in Memphis announced felony charges against five police officers accused of killing a man during a traffic stop. Gerald Griggs of the NAACP spoke to 11 Alive News. One of the solutions in Atlanta would be to equip all law enforcement officers throughout the state who are post-certified with body camps. It's real simple. You know, the Georgia State Patrol should have body cams so we could actually see what happened in the forest and get to the bottom of that. Last week, Georgia State Patrol and other agencies were at the proposed training facility site clearing protesters in the forest when one of the protesters, 26-year-old Manuel Turan, shot a state trooper. Turan was then killed by return fire. The trooper, who hasn't been identified due to safety concerns, is expected to survive. Protesters then set a police car on fire and smashed windows of several businesses. Six protesters were arrested. Well, we're learning who invested in FTX, newly unsealed bankruptcy documents list. Thousands of creditors that collapsed during the cryptocurrency exchange's fall. FTX owes money to these creditors on that list. Wall Street heavyweights include Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan, among businesses, charities, individuals, and other entities in this 116-page document filed late Wednesday. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried under house arrest awaiting trial, resulting from a massive fraud investigation. Here is Michael Driscoll, assistant director in charge of the FBI in New York. Fraud is fraud. It does not matter the complexity of the investment scheme. It does not matter the amount of money involved. And the uh, in a statement, Goldman Sachs says that it has not filed a claim against FTX. Also included in the creditors list are media companies such as the New York Times and Wall Street Journal, commercial airliners, including American, United, Southwest and Spirit, as well as several big tech players, including Netflix, Apple and Meta. FTX is believed to have more than a million creditors, the top 50 of whom are collectively owed more than three billion dollars. 
At least 11 people killed after Ukrainian authorities say Russia fired more missiles and self-exploding drones at nearly a dozen Ukrainian provinces. The attacks resulting in the first war-related deaths in Kyiv so far this year. 77 WABC News Time 515. All right, sports with Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Jeb. We start here on the hardwood. Both the Knicks and Nets were in action yesterday. The Knicks, they survived in Boston to the tune of a 120-117 to 117 overtime victory over the Celtics. Julius Randle once again showed out for New York with his 37 points and 9 rebounds, but it was his clutch free throws late that sealed the win for the Knicks. Head coach Tom Thibodeau spoke after the game on his power forward's impact. He's doing it different ways, It's, and I think he's hard to guard when he does that, so he's doing it. You know, moving without the ball, he's doing it in, in the post, he's doing it off the dribble, he's doing it in transition with the three, he's playing off people really well, and he's creating rhythm for, for everybody. As for the Nets, they fell 130-122 to at home to the Detroit Pistons. Kyrie Irving led all scoring with his 40 points for the evening, but his supporting cast failed to pick up the rest of the slack as Brooklyn continues to struggle without their star in Kevin Durant. Irving, he spoke after the game about the loss. We just got to figure out how to slide our puppies a little bit better and stay in front of people and stop fouling so often and giving these teams easy free throws um, where we, if we pull them in the half court, it would be a little bit more difficult. Over to the ice now, where the Devils lost 6-4 to in a high-scoring contest in Nashville against the Predators. It was Brad Hughes, Mercer, and Sharangovich that buried the Biscuits for New Jersey, but the Preds came with more firepower and toppled the Devs thanks to three third-period goals. The Devils will be right back at it tonight in Dallas when they face it off with the Stars at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And also tonight on the ice, the Vegas Golden Knights, they'll be in town battling it with the Rangers at MSG. That puck will drop at 7 p.m. And also at 7 p.m. out on the island, the, the uh, Detroit Red Wings, they'll pay the Islanders a visit. Here with your new sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Lou Dobbs has your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street closer to posting weekly gains after yesterday's session. The Dow popping 200 points. The Nasdaq up nearly 200. Carried by Tesla's big day. The stock jumping another 10%. The core inflation index is forecast to show prices higher in December, but rising at a slower rate. Chevron earnings today. The company announcing a $75 billion share buyback this week. About 20% of its market cap. Chevron is also raising its quarterly dividend by 6%. That announcement sent the stock up nearly 5% this week. Apple could benefit from the latest antitrust lawsuit filed against Google. The Department of Justice targeting Google's ad manager. If successful, it would provide more ad opportunities for Apple and other digital competitors. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Looking at futures, the Dow's in the red down 39 points at 33,984, down 0.11%. S&P's dropped 12.5, NASDAQ down 64, gold down $2.80 an ounce. Quarter all up, though, 99 cents a barrel at $82. The WABC Early News. 77 WABC News Time 520. In the wake of mass shootings across the United States, Connecticut now planning to tighten its already strict gun control laws. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont and a host of other officials Thursday announcing legislation to add more firearms to the state's assault weapons ban and also 
raise the age for buying long guns from 18 to 21. Governor Lamont said the state wants to close the loopholes as dealers, manufacturers and others have found ways to skirt the state's laws. Look at us compared to a lot of those southern states. They are making a difference. But we are here today because you got to continue to modernize what we're trying to do because... There's a lot of gun peddlers out there who are trying to sell these things and trying to work around our system every day. On Monday, Lamont announced a ban on open carrying. He said his latest proposals are aimed at preventing mass shootings in a state that already has some of the toughest gun laws in the country. Many of the already existing rules in Connecticut were passed in the months after the 2012 massacre at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown that killed 20 children and six educators. Well, New York Rangers fans might find themselves without any alcohol at an upcoming game at Madison Square Garden in the Big Apple. Owner James Dolan is threatening to pick a night at the Garden, possibly a Rangers game, to shut down alcohol sales in response to the New York State Liquor Authority investigating Dolan about his facial recognition technology that's resulted in bans against lawyers that are suing him. The state attorney general earlier this week warned MSG and Radio City Music Hall that the use of such technology may violate anti-bias laws. Well, here's Dolan during an appearance on Good Day New York on Fox 5. Instead, what we're going to do is uh, where we serve liquor, we're going to put one of these up, which says, if you would like to drink at a game, please call right Sharif Kabir, chief executive officer, or write him an email at this number, right, and the, the uh, and tell him, right, to stick stick to his knitting and you know and to what he's supposed to be doing and stop stop grandstanding and trying to get press. All retail liquor licenses, excluding non for profit club licenses, must allow the general public access to their premises, and otherwise they are considered non bona fide. The state liquor authority could issue charges if its investigation finds. MSG has violated the alcoholic beverage control law. Well, the twists just keep coming in the scandal surrounding embattled Republican Congressman George Santos of Long Island. In Nassau County yesterday, a group of voters are calling for Santos to release his tax returns. This demonstration led by Democratic Nassau County legislator Joshua Lafazan took place at the IRS Taxpayer Assistance Center out in Bethpage. Meanwhile, U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy continues to stand by Santos. If for some way when we go through ethics that he has broken the law, then we will remove him. But it's not my role. I believe in the rule of law. A person's innocent to proven guilty. Santos is, of course, the subject of multiple investigations into his background and alleged fraud and possible campaign finance violations. AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, apparently in a New York state of mind, the far-left Bronx and Queens lawmaker, was mocked on Twitter Thursday after she refused to refer, I beg your pardon, to being in New York twice in 10 seconds while she was speaking actually right in front of the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Here's part of AOC's viral claim. Here in New York with uh, Governor Kathy Hochul saying, expand these legal pathways, uh, make it easier for these folks to get work authorizations. Here in New York, we are ready to put people to work. We just need the administration to help us expand those pathways to let them do that. She was standing in front of the Capitol. The squad member was among dozens of House and Senate Democrats who gathered to shame the Biden administration over its continuation of the Trump era Title 42 border policy when she made the figurative statement. A 29-year-old woman has been charged with providing false documents in an attempt to enroll in a New Jersey high school. 
77WABC's Noam Layden has a story. 29-year-old Haijong Shin posed as someone almost half her age and enrolled in New Brunswick High. She attended classes for four days when students were told by school leaders that Shin was no teenager. Having someone that's not from my school or knowing anyone around me coming to a school that's older than me, talking to me, and not having a good intention in my school and around my friends is just it's frightening. There are fears Shin posed as a student to try and recruit girls for prostitution. Noam Layden W. ABC News. A special honor for a Newport Authority police officer who lost his father of a 9-11 related illness. During Thursday's special ceremonies for the 129 newest members of the Port Authority Police Department's officer training program, Anthony Cortazzo received his father's badge number. He responded to his command in Port Newark and then into the World Trade Center on 9-11. He was a part of the recovery effort down there. And in 2005, he became sick with myelodysplastic syndrome. You know, wearing the same shield number that he wore and being a part of the same department that he was a part of is definitely an honor. The graduation ceremony included six legacy officers, including Cortazzo there, whose father died in 2009 from that 9-11 related illness. A street in Malvern, Long Island, named for a Ku Klux Klan leader, getting a new name now. 77 WABC's Bob Brown has a story. Tenth grader Olivia Brown leading the push to change the name of the street, which was originally named for Paul Lindner. After doing research about who Paul Lindner was, how terrible of a person he was as a Klan member, we decided to take it further. Lindner Place will now be known as Acorn Way. School Superintendent Lorna Lewis quoted Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who said, The time is always right to do the right thing. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. An iconic Broadway musical celebrated a landmark anniversary yesterday. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has a story. On Thursday night, Broadway's Phantom of the Opera celebrated its 35th anniversary. It's the longest-running musical in Broadway history, wowing audiences for three and a half decades with its unforgettable music, a scary chandelier, and a plot based on real-life happenings at a Paris opera house. The production's 14,000 performances have been seen by nearly 20 million people. It was set to close next month, but surging ticket demand pushed that off until April 16th when the Majestic Theater closes for renovations. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. 77 WABC News Time 529. If you miss the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.